Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Happiness Journey with Dr. Dan podcast, where every journey is worth living. My name is Dr. Dan, and I'm your host for today's episode. I'm a bilingual neurolinguistic programming and cognitive behavior psychotherapist specializing in anger management issues, both court-appointed and private, marriage counseling using the EFT method, dissociative disorders, narcissistic personality disorders, depression, anxiety, dream analysis, and also provide life, business, and retirement coaching support. I provide individual one-on-one sessions in both French or English and also do group setting. If you need any assistance, reach out to DMV Therapy and Coaching Services at 301-325-1550, and our website can be found at lifecoachdanamzalag.com. Today, I'm very excited to have for our sixth episode of season 18, a very special guest, and former TV producer turned to becoming a social worker in his mid-50s and just recently released his latest book, Stop Breaking Down, The Secret to Avoiding Overwhelm and Crack Up, Mr. Kent Weishouse. And just like every of my past episodes, I will leave it up to the guests to probably introduce themselves as no one can do a better job. Kent, the floor is yours. Thank you, Dan, and thanks for having me on the podcast. I very much appreciate it. Um, Yeah, I uh, am a... I'm in a therapist in private practice currently, semi-retired. Um, I came to this line of work uh, in the early 2000s after having a 25-year career in television production, and uh, wherein I worked on dozens, maybe even a hundred different shows um, as producer or uh, writer of promos, uh, editing supervisor. Uh, lots of different, I wore lots of different hats, um, and, uh, oh, and director, of course. Um, and, uh, in two th- the early 2000s, I, it wasn't really working for me, and I decided to go back to school and get a master's degree in social work, uh, and, uh, I have since worked in community clinics, in psychiatric hospitals, and, uh, Eventually, it became apparent to me that I wanted to be my own boss, and so I went into private practice, and that's where I'm at now. And uh, I've just written a book called Stop Breaking Down, The Secret to to Avoiding Overwhelming Crack Up. You can find it on my website, kentw.net. Beautiful. Well, Ken, thank you so much for being here today and participating in this podcast. You and I, we share the same love for helping people when it comes to uh, mental illness and so on and so forth. So I think this is definitely going to be a very fun uh, podcast and very engaging. So um, first of all, what really brought you from being a TV producer to wanting to be more of a service person, wanting to help people dealing with their own challenges in life? Well, it it became apparent to me in the early 90s that television production uh, may be causing well the the product may be causing more more harm than good in some cases and um i also had read uh, i think neil postman's book amusing ourselves to death um which uh which had a profound effect on me and a few other books in that in that time and uh then um I, I i was working on a show which i think was actually pretty good the arsenio hall show i was the associate producer of that for six years and um afterwards i made some career choices that kind of sent me more into the tabloid television production range though not entirely i did some major tabloid shows and uh and it was then that i 
became uh, kind of disillusioned. And uh, at one point, I uh, said to my wife, I think this is it. I'm going to uh, stop working at the time I was working for E Entertainment. I'm going to stop working for them and uh, go back to uh, school. And um, fortunately, her career got a big shot in the arm, and uh, she was able to support us for a couple of years while I was in grad school. <laughs> wow. When you say tableau production, is it some kind of Jerry Springer show kind of thing? <laughs> Not, it wasn't Jerry Springer per se. Um, I, I was working on a couple of different shows um, that. Uh, that were, were tabloid, early tabloid television, um, you know, was sensationalist. It was rapid cutting, uh, provocative dialogue, provocative voiceover, um, very flashy visual effects, which now have been assimilated into news broadcasts everywhere. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I'm not proud of having pioneered that a mode of production because it seems to be adopted across the board um and uh, the idea is to get as many eyeballs on your newscast as possible no matter how distorted uh, things might might be and so um and again at that time it was more sort of infotainment yes. uh than than uh, than considered news now it's now it's much more normalized than news production from my from my perception anyway that's true now do you think that the desire from going to uh providing some sort of misinformation to the public with the tablet television to going to helping people and and giving them the right information do you feel this is what really geared you to change your career into becoming a social worker well, uh, I had a choice. When I went back to school, I considered a degree in psychology, a degree in marriage and family therapy, uh, a degree, actually counseling degrees were just coming into being at that point. Um, and so I considered those other uh, areas of study, but social work seemed to be the most flexible. Um, I, you know, with a social work degree, you can work uh, in the micro world, one-to-one -one with people. You can work in clinics. Uh, you can work in hospitals, but you can also uh, work on the community level and on the macro level. You can work uh, politically to affect policy change in in major areas. So I consider it a very informative and flexible uh, mode of study. I see. Now, the, the reason why you uh, wrote the book, uh, Stop Breaking Down, um, is it because of a personal experience? Is it more self like autobiography of some sort? Or is it because of all the people that you've helped throughout your career, you have seen that there's a trend that is happening, something that is being repetitive in the field of social work, where you feel that people are getting too overwhelmed in the responsibility that they have day to day. And then because of that, they crack down and then they just cannot handle the stress that's coming their way. Right. Uh, well, some of that. Um... The idea that um, I, I, I try and get us to step back from our thoughts and step back from the systems from which we're embedded in. Um, I wrote the book. Uh, I, the book had been bouncing around in my mind. Then the, when the pandemic hit, I thought, OK, this is a perfect opportunity to, to sit tight and study uh, deep, do some deep uh, research into some of these ideas that have been uh, banging around inside me. And so. Uh, I, I, I wrote it, 
over those several years. And uh, I wasn't even sure I was going to publish it. I just thought um, this is a really good compendium of information. And then, uh, but in looking at it, it's valuable. It's valuable. It can help people uh, look at what influences uh, are going on within them and, and outside of them. And also from a developmental and evolutionary standpoint, why we um, have these, uh, why we have difficulty functioning in the modern world. Um, and uh, I, I discuss several different aspects. One is, uh, you know, it's only, um, it's only 150 years since uh, information began to become much more plentiful. Um, uh, you know, wars that we hear about today, uh, the, the news of them would not have reached us for two weeks to a month, 150 years ago. Um, uh, if you look at the rapid onslaught of, uh, of ideas, sharing of ideas that media has provided, commencing about a, you know, about a hundred years ago, really, uh, with radio and then te television coming in in the late 1940s, um, and now social media, uh, you know, what we had ideas that were generally uh, shared pretty instantaneously across the globe, just not that many. Now, with social media, we have a thousand ideas a minute being shared instantaneously across across the globe. And these influences, uh, I don't know that we're developmentally ready for these or evolutionarily ready for these, um, considering it was just our great great grandparents that had, had no had did not have to participate in this at all, hardly. Um, so you've got that. Then you combine that with another aspect that I looked at that I that I think is 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 very under researched, the idea of our self aware abstract thinking, uh, what uh, a researcher named Endel Tolving calls autonoetic minds. Um, we have minds that are self-aware. We think about ourselves in the future and in the past. And um, there's a, a strong theory that we're pretty much the only animal that's able to do this. Now, there may be other animals that have some degree of this, but not nearly as much as we do. And so we are able to think about what I call I, me, mind consciousness. This is about me. It's, it's affecting uh, me, it's a, it's about stuff that I own. It's about mine, um, and we ruminate over and over and over uh, ideas that uh, frequently become distorted because we're ruminating on them, and um, and then this affects our viscera such that our mammalian viscera is uh, frequently uh, in a state of fear or a state of uh, defense. Uh, danger. It senses danger when there actually is not danger immediately. And so um, I don't know that uh, modern psychological approaches have considered this that much, that it's our autonoetic thinking that gets us into quote unquote neurotic uh, fields of behavior. I see. But do, do you feel because now the really the, the, the era of misinformation started when the internet internet started, so all of this information that we're being bombarded with now, the different kind of like what information is allowed to be given to the public, and now that it's happening, we just don't know what to believe anymore. And because of that, um, the, the the reason why also I've noticed I'm not sure you're going to agree with this or not, uh, Ken, but 
the reason why people we see more and more depressed people out there is because the last thing that they watch before they go to sleep is information on TV, which is always negative in nature. So when they let this message percolate in their brain overnight, the subconscious will absorb all of that, and then it will basically spit it out the next morning. So people wake up always lethargic, very feeling down with themselves or down about what's going on in society, and they continue on with this vicious cycle. So it never really ends because more they go and try to get informed about a specific topic or what's going on in um, over the world, and more it's bad information, or if it's really real truth or not truth or or distorted so how do we break this how do we put a stop to that well first of all i do agree with you that um that uh the simple act of, of watching uh, uh greatly magnified stories uh of of doom gloom harm danger um especially going before going to bed uh it, it will it will ruminate in your unconscious and again uh, it affects your viscera so it's 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 there's a there's a loop between mind and body um that's very frequently ignored um if your if your guts if your muscles if your bones are sensing danger uh, you know, the idea of the hair on the back of your neck coming up because there's danger and you're not aware what it is, but you sense it. Um, that uh, is something that it was a gift to our mammalian predecessors and helped keep them alive. And we still have it. And, uh, and uh, we also have the blessing and the curse of being able to have abstract thought where we're able to take these ideas that we get from distorted uh, news or other broadcasts um, that then make us feel like we are in danger. We are in danger. And the response, the mammalian response to danger is, is as we know, fight or flight. And what's far less discussed is freeze. And what you're discussing, what you mentioned, Dan, is the idea of depression freeze the freeze response to danger is uh, frequently comes out as depression or anxiety. The idea of lethargy, I don't want to get out of bed, sadness, overwhelm, um, uh, not not wanting to eat, not wanting to do anything, uh, or or a sense of uh, being keyed up, uh, uh, you know, the ultimate being like a panic attack where you can't catch your breath and you're shaking and, and uh, rapid thoughts are hitting you uh, and it feels like a sense of out of control. Um, these are these are different uh, the, on the spectrum of freeze. These are different areas of that. And and I theorize that many of us experience depression, anxiety, and other uh, protective responses um, to, to the modern world stimuli uh, because the stimuli is there and we're not developmentally ready for it to handle it. Now, um, when it comes to, you know, facing what's going on in terms of people who are overwhelmed, you talk about avoiding being overwhelmed. Do you feel this is really under our control or is because society around us forces us to be able to accomplish things that are above and beyond what we can personally accomplish? Because we feel that, okay, well, if this employee did this, then you could do as well without really understanding what are their capabilities. So now you're dumping too much on someone, they become overwhelmed and then they become unproductive. So is it does it fall onto the dichotomy of control where you focus more on the things that you can control and let go of the things that you can't? 
yeah, very well put. Um, exactly. You talk about the uh, the paradigm of an employee being being uh, given a lot of tasks that they may or may not be ready to handle. Um, uh, I have a colleague who just the other day said to me, you know, um, again, using this 150-year-old paradigm, 150 years ago, I would not have even received news of this bad news um, for another month. I focus on what I can control here and now. I focus on what I can do, he told me, in my community, um, in my uh, range of friends and family and what I can control. Um, there are a hundred things that hit me probably every hour that I cannot control. And if I let myself go ruminate and get into them over and over and over, it is going to pull me into a depression or an anxiety. Do you think that human human nature or human condition forces us to always wanting to please either our employer or the people around us? And because of that, it's added more pressure onto us and we become overwhelmed because of that reason. So how do we put those kind of uh, boundaries and not allow ourselves to do more than what we can actually do? Right. That's uh, the only thing I would take issue with on that is you said the human condition I think it's the system that the systems that we have around us that are generating uh, this uh, ex these these unreal or unhealthy expectations. Um, and so, yes, boundaries are important. Um, thinking about your thinking is important. However, being trying to step back and be aware of the systems that are coming to bear on you. Um, there, uh, the, the idea of having to be uh, productive, overly productive, uh, perhaps beyond your capability, uh, is is frequently imposed on people. And um, and so, yeah, on the one hand, you want to put bread on the table and a roof over your head. On the other hand, you want to have a boundary. How do you find that balance with your employer? Or, or with the person who's controlling, you know, your income, um, how do you find that balance? Uh, and that is difficult um, to to be able to step back, look at the systems that are affecting that person and that are th thus affecting you and and to create boundaries. But there are opportunities, but being reactive as opposed to thinking about how you want to react thinking about the systems that are coming to bear on you, slow thinking, as Daniel Kahneman would say, um, is needed to get a more accurate picture of how to create these boundaries. So the, the term of your title of the book, uh, Ken, when it says crack up, what does it mean to go into total de depression, which is mean that they do not want to do anything anymore because of the level of being overwhelmed? What what does the terminology crack up mean specifically when you try to pertain someone who is too overwhelmed? Yeah, well, there's a continuum, right? There's a continuum between uh, people who, uh, many of us who wake up feeling uh, slightly less than, I don't really feel up to it today, but I'm going to... By and large, most of us are able to get out of bed, go to work, get it done, right? But an increasing number of us are not, are simply overwhelmed by, by events, things, systems, people uh, that have demanded too much. Um, and, and so when they 
when someone stops functioning, it frequently looks like the cluster of symptoms we call depression, anxiety, even psychosis, um, OCD, uh, ADHD. Um, so, so yeah, there's a continuum. Um, and the reason I wrote the book is it seems to me that more and more people are falling into the non-functional end of the continuum. Not to say that it's a majority of us. No, there's a there's a huge number of us that continue to function even with negative feeling states. Um, but uh, uh, as as the threat of poverty uh, or uh, the 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 overwhelm of the modern age impacts us, we see people falling into uh, non-functioning areas. And of course, the more extreme uh, manifestations are going to be a loss of home, a loss of food, a loss of family. Um, and uh, and I think we live in systems that inadvertently perpetuate this. So this book will not be going to those who are actually, who love being under pressure, who love the procrastinating and waiting until the last minute, and this is when they're more productive. This is, doesn't apply to them then. <laughs> it, it actually does in that uh, it encourages a self-examination. If you're into pressure, I, you know, I talk about people like bungee jumping, drag racing, you know, um, these things that are great stimulations that produce great biochemical responses that feel make you feel incredibly keyed up. <laughs> These are protectors of us. Um, they get us deeply, deeply involved in the moment. They ground us in the moment. Wow, this is happening right now to the exclusion of everything else. I don't have to think about what's going on in the news uh, down the street even. I'm absolutely engaged right here and now. And um, they're great protectors to take us away from uh, systems that may be uh, impacting us slowly but surely in a negative way. Now, can, before we conclude the podcast there, can, can you give to our listeners some kind of like three key strategies that they can use immediately after listening to this podcast that they can apply to avoid getting to a position or being overwhelmed and cracking up? So, uh, because really when you use the term cracking up is laughing and this is no laughing matter. So, so is there anything that you can just give them some sort of strategy that they can use immediately? Yes. Uh, think about your thinking. We are creatures that survive for uh, hundreds of thousands of years because of being reactive. We can react quickly to danger and either fight or take aversive action. Um, we live in a multicultural society, increasingly so for the last 150 years, where these kind of tactics are not as nearly as useful as they were 10,000 years ago. And um, and so uh, to be able to, we have the gift, we have the gift of abstract thinking. Step back, look at the systems around you, look at the systems within you, um, and and think about what may be affecting you and how you want to or are able to change events outside or inside of you. Um, slow down your thinking. A good resource for that is Daniel Kahneman, uh, Thinking Fast and Slow. Um, the other thing, the next thing I would say is pay attention. There are 
um, there are lists of thought distortions that can be very useful to you to uh, uh, to understand when you're engaging in overgeneralization or discounting the positive, jumping to conclusions, magnifying or minimizing something that might be helpful or unhelpful, um, uh, holding yourself to higher standards with should or ought to uh, thoughts, um, labeling things. We, we many, many times just slap a one word label on something and stick it up on a shelf and that becomes the, the permanent story. Um, how to back off from thoughts that trap you into um, into into feeling unsafe all the time or much of the time. Um, the third thing to answer your question would be take in ideas that are not instantaneously shared with you. Uh, read or um, engage in slower thinking processing of ideas that may help you uh, function better. There are a number of uh, scholarly uh, sources that, that, you know, from um, Gabor Mate to uh, Daniel Siegel to uh, Richard Schwartz uh, to my own book um, that will help you step back and and get a healthy distance between you and the systems and things that are affecting you uh, in a perhaps negative way. Now, um, can you tell our listeners where can anyone find your book on Amazon or any other uh, platform so they know it lies, I mean, at least where to get it uh, from? Yes, uh, you can find my book on Amazon. Uh, all you have to do is type in Stop Breaking Down um, or uh, my last name, Weishaus, W-E-I-S-H-A-U-S. However, a uh, much easier way is to just go to my website, kentw.net, and you, with one click, you'll be right there. Beautiful. Well, Kent, that is all the time that we have for today's podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us. And thank you again for participating and inspiring our many listeners with your incredible content. Now, we hope that you've all enjoyed today's episode. And I'm also very excited about the many upcoming guests that we have scheduled for season 18 of the Happiness Journey podcast filled with inspirational stories, just like the one that you listened today. Now, here are some concluding words of wisdom. To maintain resilience in life fast-paced and avoid overwhelm, it's essential to find balance, akin to a sturdy tree weathering a storm. This involves prioritizing self-care through self-reflection, mindfulness, and joyful activities, breaking down challenges into manageable steps, learning to say no by setting boundaries, seeking guidance and encouragement from your support network, and focusing on progress rather than perfection. By practicing these principles, you can emerge from life challenges even stronger. My name is Dr. Dan Amzalek, and you may all keep pursuing your amazing journey in life.